So my fiance has an abusive crazy ex. We'll call him Drew and her Abby. They have a restraining order against each other because the last time they saw each other, Abby beat Drew so bad that her brother called the police. Drew's family warned me and all the horrible stories that they had witnessed. So I was aware of how crazy she really was. I have a son from a previous relationship who was 14 months old when we started dating. About two years into our relationship, we both started to receive texts from Abby demanding to know if my son was Drew's. Drew refused to feed into her nonsense and give any information about my son. She began stalking us a few weeks later. She would sit in her car across the street so she could see in our kitchen and living room windows. Then one day he had gone to work and there was a knock at the door. I answered to see Abby standing there. The second I opened the door, she then screamed, I want to see him! I need to know if he's Drew's baby! I tried to shut the door, but then she had put her foot right in the door frame. My son came down the hallway, probably hearing the dogs barking and growling, and I told him to go to his room and close the door. The entire time she was screaming horrendous things about me and Drew. I finally got the door closed and locked. I then ran to the kitchen table and called the police. By the time they got there, she was gone. Drew came home from work, and while we were talking about what happened, we had heard another knock. Drew went to open the door until he had heard her screaming. We again called the police, and again she was gone before they arrived. About a week later, I was at a hiking trail with my son and the dogs. This trail had a small playground that we would always play at when we finished our hike. We were playing at the playground when I noticed my Dogo Argentino focused on the parking lot growling. I quickly got his attention and I then put him and Drew's dog on leashes. I told my son five more minutes and I went to sit on the picnic table to watch the parking lot. Within seconds, I saw Abby's car and I started to panic a little. I knew that I had Mace and two very large dogs, but knowing her past, I was really worrying about traumatizing my son. I noticed there was no one else but our two cars there, and I quickly told my son, It's time to go. I'll piggyback you to the car. I let the dogs off the leash, and we headed to the vehicle. I noticed that her car was empty when we got in eyesight, so I quickly put my son in, and I told him to buckle locking his door when I shut it. Thank God, because as I was loading the dogs in the back, I had actually heard the door handle being pulled. Both of the dogs started barking and growling, and Drew's German Shepherd jumped out before I could close the tailgate. She created enough space between me and Abby so she couldn't reach me. Abby was then screaming, That should be my son! I was speechless, I'm not going to lie. I couldn't muster up any words, and I just stood there watching her lose her mind. I finally got a grip, and I called off Drew's dog, as I then walked around to my side of the car, loaded her up in the bag passenger seat, and then got in the driver's seat and locked all the doors. I flew the hell out of there and home. We had gotten home, and Drew had just gotten off work. My son immediately ran up to Drew, telling him what happened. A few weeks later... We found out we were pregnant, and we had moved to a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. Within weeks, creepy things had started happening. 
One day when we were outside working on Drew and my son's dirt bikes, we had heard singing coming from the barn. Drew looked panicked, and he said to get my son inside now. And as I was walking inside, I had heard Abby laughing, and I knew she was going to try and do something stupid. I got my son inside, locking all the doors, and I called 911. Now, our service is absolutely horrendous around there, so they couldn't hear me. I just kept repeating our address. When I got back outside, the dogs were freaking out, and I saw Abby had something in her hand. It was a crowbar, and both dogs were there standing right in front of Drew, barking and growling. She actually swung at our German Shepherd, who then bit down on it, actually ripping it out of her hand. Drew just kept screaming to call 911, and I just kept repeating that I had. It took about 15 minutes of playing cat and mouse around the trucks for the cops to finally arrive. When they finally did, they arrested her. Her mother had actually called Drew apologizing, and also claiming that it was a mental breakdown and that she wasn't taking her meds. About eight months later, we had had our son, and that's when things really started getting scary. She tried to break into our house one night, bribing our dogs with treats. When that didn't work, she then screamed. Wake up, you lazy fox! I heard you got pregnant and had a fucking baby! Wake the fuck up! Drew jumped out of bed, and I quickly followed. I then blocked the stairwell just in case she did get inside. I wasn't letting her get anywhere near my boys. She was then smacking and kicking Drew. At one point, she actually said, I'm taking you away from here and those babies, and we can finally have the family we planned on. Drew kept his cool, and he just kept asking me if I'd called the cops again. I told him yes, that I was on the phone with them now. She somehow got past Drew, and she started swinging at me before my dog had bit her. I had just had a C-section a few weeks prior, so I wasn't in any shape to wrestle with this woman. Finally, Drew got a hold of her, and he shoved her out of the door, locking it behind her. The cops were there moments later, arresting her again. This time, however, she couldn't use her mental health as an excuse, and she was charged. It's been about nine months, and we just recently started getting more weird texts and letters in the mail. One saying, That baby should be mine. You're living my life. And calling me a whore. We now have cameras everywhere, and we installed some locks that actually lock. We always have our eyes wide open, and we're very alert whenever we take the boys out anywhere. I still carry my mace, and I have a knife in my purse just in case we ever have another run-in with her. I really hope she gets the help she desperately needs. I met my ex online when I was 19. When we began dating, I was shunned from the small Pentecostal church that I grew up in my entire life. So naturally, as a 19-year-old, I clung to him because everyone I was allowed to know had cut me out of their life. Why did they cut me off? Well, they believed I was unequally yoked with a non-believer because I was dating a black man with long hair who listened to ACDC. I thought they were judgmental, and I was drawn to the outcast because I felt understood by them. My relationship with him was great for the first two years. I was incredibly inexperienced in his eyes sexually, 
he made me feel inadequate. The dynamic of our relationship was that he was three and a half years older, knew much more about life than I did, and that I should listen to his advice on things because he knew better than I did. Around the two-year mark of being together, I noticed that he stopped going to bed with me. He was staying up late and doing things on his computer. I later found out that he was sending NSFW photos to other women and then getting them in return. When I confronted him, he simply said, Well, are you leaving me? And I was heartbroken, felt that I only had him, so I stayed. He explained that he felt he had met the right person at the wrong time, explaining that he felt I was his person, but he didn't get to show his wild oats, so to speak. I was devastated because he essentially told me that he wanted to fuck other people. That's when he then pressured me into the swinging lifestyle. It started out with meeting other couples. He arranged everything. He dressed me and took photos of me. He spoke as me to these other people in order to get playdates. When the playdates would happen, he couldn't get hard, and then he blamed me for his insecurities. I felt almost mind-fucked into doing whatever I could to make him happy and satisfied. You might ask why I didn't just leave. Well, he convinced me that my friends and family didn't love me or support my decisions in my life. He was an elaborate thinker. He had a reason for everything. He knew how to play on my emotions knowing that I cared for him. He spun everything in a way to make me feel he was caring for me and wanted to see me in the third person. I was treated as his property or prized possession. He began controlling how I dressed, and he had started setting up dates with men that I didn't know, requesting that I take videos and pictures to share with him later on. I've always been a one-man type of girl. This was so out of my element, and I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel like I could speak up or he would believe I didn't trust him. I began going on these arranged playdates with men to make him happy. Each time nearly having a panic attack, not knowing the situation that I was walking into. One time coming back from a play date, the man claimed he recorded our session for me, but it recorded the wall instead. That was the first time that he physically laid hands on me. I learned the coping mechanism of disassociation very quickly. I entered survival mode, and I made myself into someone else to try and make him happy, and when I was at home I was me. Until one evening, when he arranged a play date for me, while simultaneously he quit his job. I was confused. Why would you just quit your job without discussing with me first? I went on this play date that I met with a man that I never would have touched with a 10-foot pole, who was offering $200 to have sex with me. I was stunned and horrified, and I felt like I was living in a dream. He had quit his job and when I confronted him on arranging a paid exchange for sex with a man who I never would have touched, his response was that it was my turn to provide for us. Rent was due in two weeks, and we only had $30 in our bank account. I felt that I had no choice. This went on for five months. He put me in lingerie, took photos of me in any position you could think of, put them on escort websites with an alias name and text app to text clients. I was never allowed to keep the money, have a say in who I saw, and at the end of every weekend he would thank me by a nice dinner and then keep the rest of his money to fix up his busted 1974 Ferrari. Afterwards I would just lay in my bed and just cry myself to sleep. 
I told myself so many times that I wasn't happy doing this, but he told me we needed to pay our bills. He was intimidating, demeaning, and a shell of the men that I thought I loved. My last client I ever had was law enforcement. They knew all about him because he would stay in the lobby while I met with the clients. They separated me from him, and they asked me to tell them what my partner was making me do. I lied to them, and I told them I was compliant and a willing party because I was taught not to be a snitch or trust law enforcement. I got a misdemeanor charge for prostitution. I left him two weeks later while he was at his new serving job, packed all of my shit, and then I went back home. This was 2014. Since then, I've gotten married, and I had two children. But I've recently discovered videos of me that he uploaded on porn sites that have been there since 2014. One of them shows my face in it with over a half a million hits. Is it too late to press charges for sex trafficking? This was in the state of Virginia. This video of my face on this porn site was a private video with my ex and I. I needed to be removed. I have a career, and I have three brothers and a husband and children who never need to learn about this. I don't know my rights, but I don't know how to handle the situation because I've avoided it since I escaped that life, and now all of these feelings are flooding back to me. He has stolen my innocence, made me feel shame for telling my story, lied on my name to everyone we know to cover himself. He's now married in a different state, but he's blocked me on all accounts, but I do have access to his wife's page. What would you guys do? And do you have any advice? Please let me know. Hey everyone, I need to take a small break from the stories to thank today's sponsor, HelloFresh. Say hello to a stressless holiday season with the help of HelloFresh. Skip the grocery store and save time with easy tasty recipes delivered right to your door. HelloFresh has over 45 recipes and more than 100 seasonal add-on items to choose from every week. So it's easier than ever to find something everyone will enjoy, which is perfect for your holiday get-together. I like HelloFresh personally because it just makes everything so easy. I especially like it when I get home from the gym and I don't feel like cooking and looking up recipes. But with HelloFresh, it makes it effortless because they've got everything you need right there. Go to HelloFresh.com slash CannibalFree and use code CannibalFree for free breakfast for life. One breakfast per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash CannibalFree with code CannibalFree. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. I'm a British guy and the story centers around my ex. I guess looking back, there was always red flags. However, at the time, I had brushed it off because they were so small that they only registered in hindsight. I'll call my ex-girlfriend Amelia. I was in my first year of university when we had met at 18, and this was my first relationship. I fell in love with her rather quickly because she just seemed so perfect to me. She was very clingy, but I didn't realize it was problematic. She was one of my flatmates in our accommodation, and whenever I visited my parents who luckily didn't live too far away from my uni, she would have an issue with it. She would text me constantly, 
literally like 50 messages just telling me that she couldn't wait for me to get back or she'd suddenly receive a bad grade and need me to come back to the dorm to support her. At the time, I thought it was normal for her to be so clingy. I also didn't pay attention to these breakdowns she'd have because I was way too focused on supporting her to realize she was probably putting them on to get me back. Our relationship was very quick. We met in the September, and she was my girlfriend by the end of the month. But again, she was my first girlfriend, so I didn't realize how dodgy this could be. We had separate bedrooms in our uni accommodation, but the minute we were official, she moved into my bedroom and refused to use her own room for anything. In the UK, we don't typically share a bedroom, and we only have a single bed, at least in my accommodation, so it was pretty cramped sharing such a small bed with her. I did voice this, but it made her upset, and she made me feel like a dickhead, so I sucked it up. I did enjoy being with her, but if I'm being 100% honest with myself, I did feel a bit cramped, even back then. In the summer after our first year, we had decided to go camping for the weekend, just us. My girlfriend used to go camping often with her family, and I had never done it before, so I figured it would be fun. My girlfriend's birthday was around this time, and one of the gifts I bought her was a perfume gift set. I don't know if the brand exists outside of here, but it's a drugstore called So, and they sell big sets of them. She liked many of the scents and actually took two of the perfumes with her on our camping trip, which I thought nothing of. Our first day camping was going really great at first. We had the perfect spot and we were both in happy moods. It all changed later in the evening though. My girlfriend tried to initiate some activity, if you know what I mean, and I didn't want to. I know now that I don't have to justify that. She pulled away from me like I'd burnt her when I declined, and she stormed off into the tent. I was confused and I felt awkward, but I decided to leave her to it. I didn't want her to feel rejected, but despite my happy mood that day, I had a sore head. I hadn't slept great the night before due to excitement, and lack of sleep makes me really prone to headaches. My girlfriend came back out of the tent, only now she was totally naked. I asked her why she was naked, and she told me that she was reminding me of what I was missing out on. This made me feel really guilty, and I tried to explain to her that I was still attracted to her, I just didn't want to have sex right this second, and I told her not to take it so personal. She gave me a death stare, and she said she would stay naked until I did something specific to her. I actually laughed, until I then realized she was dead serious. I took a serious tone, and I told her to get dressed and to stop being like this. She started shouting at me and telling me I was a shit boyfriend, and that I had no idea how hurtful it was to have my body rejected. I told her again to stop taking it personally, and the argument continued. Eventually, she had started crying, and I ended up hugging her because I didn't know what else to do. The entire situation was surreal. She told me through tears that she was sorry, and she was just insecure. I tried to comfort her, and she finally got dressed, and we laid cuddling for a long time watching the sunset. Her behavior was undeniably disturbing and bizarre, and I was mulling it over in my mind as I laid with her. Now, if I was a girl in my situation, 
I would have recognized how wrongful my girlfriend's behavior was, but I kept trying to pretend it was fine in my head. I was struggling to keep my eyes open, and the air was cooling once the sun was gone. I was aware of my girlfriend telling me we should go in our tent and get some sleep. So we did. As it wasn't exactly freezing, I just slept in my underpants. As I stripped off, my girlfriend had said something about us being intimate again, and I was just about to tell her to not start arguing with me when she then threw her pillow at me and told me to lighten up. Her comment bothered me because it made me remember how she reacted earlier. I wanted to push it away though, and I needed sleep. You know that feeling when you have a headache and you can finally feel the pain being pulled away as you close your eyes in the dark? I had that, and it was heaven. I don't know how long I was sleeping when I woke up struggling to breathe with a wet face. I could smell perfume, and my nose felt cold and drenched in water or something. I struggled to sit up and was spluttering. I felt like I had liquid gas in my airways. I screamed, but I can't remember what I said or what noise I made. I was just freaking out. I couldn't open my eyes, but I could hear my girlfriend giggling next to me. It took me a few minutes to realize that she had fucking sprayed perfume right on my face. She must have sprayed me a bunch because like I said, I felt like I had gas in my nostrils or something. I was coughing like crazy and trying to open my eyes. I fumbled around for my water bottle and then poured it all over myself. I tried to unzip the tent and get out, but I couldn't see or breathe properly. It took forever to compose myself. I managed to get outside into the night air and it helped. I then rubbed my face with one of our blankets and I tried to take deep breaths. I honestly thought I was about to die in that tent. When I calmed down and felt like I could breathe again, I then turned to face my girlfriend. She was out of view, so I went back to the tent, and she was lying down as if she was asleep. I then shouted at her, which I'm not proud of, but I then asked her what the fuck was going on. At first, she wouldn't even answer me. She told me not to shout at her, but I continued shouting, asking her what the fuck she'd done to me. She ended up telling me that it was just a prank, that she'd used one of her perfumes to spray my face, and that she wanted to see how long it would take to wake me up. I couldn't believe what I was hearing, and I completely lost it on her. I shouted at her asking if she was insane, that she could have asphyxiated me. She shouted back making a crude comment about how if maybe I'd slept with her earlier she wouldn't have done it. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. It felt like a fucked up horror movie. We argued back and forth. My girlfriend cried, but I didn't comfort her. I stormed out of the tent with my blankets and I wrapped myself up. She didn't follow me and I couldn't sleep. I just sat awake all night just thinking about everything that happened. My phone had some signal, but it was shit. The forest we were in was secluded and I didn't feel like talking to anyone even though I could have called my parents or friends. I was way too afraid to sleep just in case I died due to being sprayed in the face so much. I was also scared about not going to a hospital, but I tried to tell myself if I was going to die, I would have died already by now. I must have dozed off at some point, because when I woke up, it was bright out. My girlfriend was awake and acting like nothing had happened. I got dressed and I told her I was leaving. 
She seemed genuinely confused as to why I said that. I told her that I needed time to think after last night, and that was the trigger. She started shouting at me that I was a terrible boyfriend and that I didn't love her anymore. I told her if I was such a bad boyfriend, maybe she shouldn't have me as her boyfriend. This had made her cry, and by now I'd had enough. I packed everything up and loaded the car, and I insisted she get in, but she kept refusing. I had to call her mom to inform her of the situation, and I had to lock the car doors because my girlfriend started hitting the windows and then yelling at me not to call. I couldn't believe what the fuck was going on. She'd never been violent before, and I'd never seen such a side to her. I didn't actually leave until my girlfriend's parents turned up. Then I left. I went straight to my parents' house, telling them mostly everything that happened. I left out the sex stuff because I felt too awkward saying that, especially in front of my mom and younger sisters. My dad had told me that Amelia was bad news and that I should really break up with her. I knew he was right, and I guess we had already broken up anyways. Sort of with my comment about how I shouldn't be with her if I'm so bad in her eyes. I did go to the hospital and get checked over the perfume thing, and I was okay. The doctor said I was lucky because it could have gone much worse for me. I knew he was right. That night, Amelia blew my phone up with calls, begging me to get back together with her. I answered one of the calls, and I then shouted at her that we were over. I had to shout just to make her hear me as she was shouting at me. We still attended the same university, and it was hell. I didn't have to live with her after that summer, thank God. But she knew my schedule, and she would follow me around trying to talk to me, pleading for another chance. She would write Facebook statuses about me, calling me a narcissist and saying I'd broken her heart. Most people viewed Amelia as unhinged due to her constant Facebook tirades against me, but it was still difficult to deal with. Some of my guy friends even mocked me when I told them the full story. But all of my female friends were utterly horrified, and they told me if a guy tried to pressure a girl into sex, the most sane people would recognize how wrong it was. Amelia wasn't doing the same degree as me, but she would still follow me around the campus, and if I went out, she'd always turn up at the same places as me. I actually had to stop going to my usual clubs and pubs. I even had to change the time that I went food shopping. She eventually showed up at my new accommodation once and was begging my roommate to let her in to see me. We had to call security, but she bailed before they arrived. I had spoke to the support team at my school, but they didn't do much. They just always told me to stay away from her and ignore her. I felt like they blamed me for being stalked by her, or maybe they just didn't care, or maybe it was both. I graduated last year, and I'm 23 now. I avoided Amelia like the plague at graduation, and as soon as I graduated, I moved. It's only been in the past year that I've been processing all the crazy shit that happened. My new girlfriend has helped me immensely with recognizing how abusive and toxic Amelia really was to me. I really hope anyone listening to this knows to never ignore the red flags and always be cautious of anyone clingy. It usually isn't a good thing if a relationship moves at a lightning speed, especially if it doesn't feel natural. Always be cautious when meeting new people and getting to know them, and remember that no red flag is too small. 
And if anyone tries to guilt or pressure you into having sex, run in the opposite direction. I've not seen or heard from Amelia since I graduated, and I really hope it stays that way. I don't know what her problem is, but she's clearly a very mentally disturbed person. I really hope she never does this to anyone else. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night, everyone. And remember, to always, stay.